Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to This Empty Glass with Chef Ben. It has been 10 years and 30 days since my last drink. Stone cold sober this whole time. Uh, hey, if you listened to my last episode, you'll know that I said the last episode was the, like capital the, last episode. Classically for me. Uh, that, that turns out to not be the case. Either I forgot something or uh, something else occurred to me a little bit later. Um, I don't recall. Uh, so you thought you were done for the night. You started breaking down, you started sweeping the line, but what you didn't know was that the group at the bar moved to a five-top in the dining room, and now they want to order food, and none of the wait staff told you. This is just like that, except not shitty. I promise I'll keep this short. I want to briefly talk about happiness, but I'm going to start with a phrase that you all know, chasing the dragon. In case you've never heard this phrase before, chasing the dragon is what you're all doing every time you engage in your drug of choice after the first time. Because let's be real here, folks, what nobody tells you about addiction is that that first time's amazing. And it can be anything, your first drink, your first smoke, the first time you have sex, whatever. Every time after that, you're trying to recapture the feeling of that first drink, that first toke, that first fuck. Every single time after. Why are you doing that? Because the first time was amazing. And as your body gets used to the effect that your drug of choice has on you, each successive time is less amazing. That's why you started to use more. Be it greater volume, greater frequency, both. One drink one time becomes ten drinks all the time. That was my story. That's the chemical and physical side of addiction in a nutshell. I am not a scientist, but I've read a bunch of shit, and I lived that. Now, here's the much bigger, uh, much uglier part. Happiness. Happiness is a weird term, a weird concept. Happiness is defined like this. Quote, happiness can be defined as an enduring state of mind consisting of feelings of joy and other positive emotions. End quote. That sounds exhausting. And now that I've said the word out loud this many times in a row, happiness is beginning to sound made up. Here's the thing about happiness. If you're a Gen X or like me or Gen Z or millennial, you've very likely been told the same lie that I have. I'm not sure anyone older than us was lied to in the same way. Since we were very young, we were told that we should, quote, be happy. Parents in the generation of my folks switched from beating sense into their kids to parenting with care and conversation because they wanted their kids to, quote, be happy. While I agree with the sentiment, and I'm trying to raise my own kids, which is as much open and honest communication as I can, we, in my generation, were saddled with this idea that it was possible to achieve a constant state of happiness, and then live there forever. And if we didn't, something is wrong with us. Ritalin has entered the chat. Side note, I will not denigrate or dismiss anyone's struggle with legitimate mental illness, but it's clear that lots of kids in my generation, and the ones to follow, were drugged with psychotropics because they were unable to attain this completely unattainable situation of being constantly happy. Ritalin, Prozac, Adderall, etc. were wildly overprescribed as panaceas instead of therapy or, haha, <laughs> 
talking to their kids about their problems. We have at least three generations of humans roaming around out there now who have no idea how to handle their own problems because early on those problems were medicated away in a real kick the can down the road kind of way. But back to happiness. This was a multi-pronged attack. We didn't just get this from our parents. There's a Disneyification to this as well because in all those movies we watched, everyone, quote, lived happily ever after. That was the goal. And we watched characters achieve it. If you didn't live happily ever after, well, there must be something wrong with you. You must be the bad guy. I have a proposal. An, an exercise that we can do together. Put both of your hands on the table, palms up right next to each other. Your left hand is the state of unhappiness. Your right hand is the state of happiness. If you're left-handed, you can flip that. Whatever. Don't want to exclude the southpaws from this. If you look at your right hand, that's where we were told we were supposed to live. That little space on the right all the time. If you look at your left hand, that's what we were told to avoid. Don't go there. If you're over there, something's wrong, or something's wrong with you. I'd like to propose a different paradigm because you all know that the extent of human existence is not this binary. Slide your hands apart. till they're about shoulder width from each other. That's where you really live. You, daily, weekly, monthly, fuck, hourly, travel in the space between your hands. Sometimes you're closer to happy. Sometimes you're closer to unhappy. What I want you to understand is that if someone asks you, are you happy? Well, that's a really stupid fucking question. I would posit that the human experience does not allow for someone to be happy for any measurable length of time. We can experience happiness, but to be happy is not only not a real thing, but the pursuit of that is self-defeating. Let, let me explain. If the question is, are you happy? And you look at that in a binary sense, then anytime you're not blindingly, stupidly happy, then you must be unhappy. I completely reject that. A human being can be not happy without being unhappy. That's the exit from the trap. If we follow our Disneyified upbringing, we're trapped into thinking that a person can either be happy or unhappy, and that's it because that's what we were trained to understand. No Disney princess ever entered her movie shrugging, looking around her new castle and saying, meh, this is alright, I guess. Never happened. But that's movies. In the real world, you can't be joyously, outrageously ecstatic for more than about three minutes, because your head would explode. Happiness is not sustainable. So once we realize that it's possible to be not happy without being unhappy, a whole spectrum of experience opens up to us. Am I saying that we should not pursue happiness? Absolutely not. But if you're not achieving happiness every waking minute of your life, you're not a failure either. It's okay to live in that middle space somewhere. And you don't need to beat yourself up over it. Now let's go all the way back to Chasing the Dragon so I can tie this all together. <sighs> chasing the Dragon is all about trying to recapture the sensation of an ephemeral, unattainable memory that, of that explosive first experience with a thing. Spoilers. You're never going to get there. That's the cross all of us addicts are bearing all the time. Many of us, people my age and younger, are also carrying around this unrealistic notion that we should also be happy all the time. And if we're not, we're either doing something wrong or there's something wrong with us. In a sense, the world, from our parents to media to product to advertising, have weaponized happiness to make the normal everyday human experience both a bad thing and our fault. I reject that, and I encourage all of you to reject that. In my life right now, I strive for two things. I strive for contentment and usefulness. Why these two? Well, first off, they're attainable. I do things at home, with my family, at work, out in the world, which play to my strengths and make me content. 
Content for me is a long, slow moment where I don't really need anything. I've started this thing throughout the summer where I've been sitting in my backyard reading a book around dusk. That's contentment. When my daughter and I go to the farmer's market, even if we don't necessarily buy a whole lot of stuff or find some new local cool product, that's contentment. Am I wildly joyous, laughing my head off like the Joker while I do these things? No. That's crazy. It's a warm feeling, a soft feeling. Look, I'm 45. These moments when nothing hurts, I'm pretty content. Usefulness is a little harder to nail down, and I realize that's transactional, which is problematic, but I like being busy. I like producing stuff, making stuff. If I bake two loaves of bread, one for the house and one for a friend, I like that. If I help a buddy move a fridge, I like that. If I'm told I'm doing a good job professionally, I like that. Happiness, if I can go so far as to edit the definition I found, requires an element of surprise. When my daughter was born, I had this amazing moment of clean, pure happiness. Not only because we had a healthy little cutie baby person, but because she was a daughter. We had not learned her gender first. That surprise helped generate the happiness. There's no way I could recreate that, aside from stalking every delivery room in the world all the time. Creepy. And I don't want to. That was a distinct, crystalline moment. I can't live there. My fucking brain stopped working for a minute. I was so happy. Moving away from that is not a failure or a defeat. It's simply part of the human experience. But it doesn't have to be that dramatic. Last week I found out that I have a connection between two previously unrelated friends out there. I, I didn't know they knew each other. That surprise made me happy for about 30 seconds. It was great. It's still cool to understand that connection exists, but I can't live in that delighted 30 seconds forever. That would be exhausting. And when that surprise and happiness faded, it's not like I descended straight into unhappiness. I just went back to being a normal old guy. And that's where I'd like to leave you today. Not only is it okay not to be happy, but it's no failure. It doesn't mean anything's wrong or that anything's wrong with you. We're not meant to be constantly happy. And the lie we were told as children about it has led many of us into unrealistic expectations about how, li how our lives are supposed to go. There's this huge range of experiences you can comfortably live in before you get to unhappy. Once you've gotten to unhappy, well, it's up to you how you handle that. But there's nothing wrong with living in the middle area between happy and unhappy. You're not broken. You don't need drugs. Nothing is wrong. And if you live in that middle, super chill part, that's okay. If you are unhappy a majority of the time, I'd recommend two things. First, identify the difference between not happy and unhappy. If you're still unhappy a majority of the time, seek help. That's the same. The same as it's impossible to live in a constant state of happiness, there's no reason to live in a complete unhappiness life either. Maybe the answer is therapy. Maybe the answer is medication. But whatever the solution, please seek out that help. There's also never a good reason to address it all alone. So now I'm going to say that's the last thing I wanted to say on this show, which is now completely over on the feed of my other show, uh, which I had tried to wrap this one up. And then this thing was in my notes that uh, 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 of upcoming shows that I wanted to do, and I had forgotten to include it. So there you go. That's the tail end of what I wanted to say during my time here on this empty glass. I am still around. So if you feel like I can do something for you, if you feel like you have something to add, please feel free to get a hold of me. My email address is thisemptyglass at gmail.com. And yeah, I've already had a couple people reach out because I've ended the show and they were either disappointed or just wanted to, to be supportive of me, which I super appreciate. Uh, so yeah, for This Empty Glass with Chef Ben, I'm Chef Ben. Good luck out there.